Hello and welcome to the ANC podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host of this podcast and I'm also the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its awesome members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely aligns with their goals. That's my offering. That's what my firm of surveyors do. People keep getting in contact with me and like, Natasha, what's your course? I don't do courses. I own a members club, which is where you pay a monthly subscription. You get access to all of my online resources, plus actual expert advice from a firm of surveyors. That is what I do. That is what I'm all about. So if you want to know more, head on over to ncrealestate.co.uk. And whilst you're there, once you go to ncrealestate.co.uk, click on the webinar link, which will subscribe you to this month's webinar, which is happening on Monday, the 25th of January. Actually, I say Monday the 25th of January. Uh, Yeah, I'm right. Monday the 25th of January, 6.30pm. It is the traps you must avoid in property investment in 2021. We're going to go through everything that you need to be aware of so that you can make sure that you are successful this year. So I'm going to put the link below this podcast as well. You're going to want to subscribe to that. Make sure you do Again, it's going to be awesome. Come and join me live. I really can't wait to see you there. Okay, this week, what am I doing? It's a new year, guys. It's 2020. You excited? I've seen a lot of people who are overexcited because they thought that 2020 was one of the most disastrous years ever. Do you think it's disastrous? Things were all right. I think if you go back to my last podcast where I wrap up 2020 with my friend Rach, there were things that were really good, there were things that were really bad, and we just have to take away the key learning points from that. So I don't think that 2020 was all bad. Yes, there were some hideous parts, but it's also, you know, you kind of get out of things what you make of them. And if you're at home the whole time, for me, I have to keep going with things. I have to keep moving forward. I have to keep trying to make things, you know, work because that's the only thing that I can do to make sure that, you know, I stay sane and feel good. You might have noticed that um, I'm recording this and it sounds really echoey. I have now moved into that house that we've bought in South Carolina. It's honestly beautiful. Um, I'm in the process of creating a podcast studio because these rooms are lovely. The ceilings are really, really high. So you get a strange echo. This room has got carpet in it and it was the best I could find to stop the echo. So I do apologize that this podcast has a little bit of an echo. I moved house. I spent the whole of the Christmas period putting it together and I really enjoyed myself. I've forgotten how much I love just getting my hands dirty occasionally. Now, most of the time I outsource everything, but for this property, I really wanted to be on site and I wanted to give it a go and see what the difference is between the UK and the US. Yes, there were definitely some language barriers. Sometimes when they were talking about paint finishes and things, I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You're going to have to tell me again so that I understand. But we're getting there. We really are getting there. One of the things I do, I'm going to do is put together a podcast recording studio in one of the um, walk-in wardrobes. We don't need to use it. I'm going to renovate that as a 
podcast studio so that you know we get some really good quality sound going on I think that is really really important especially for what I do being online and recording everything so that's what I'm working on right now if you want to see more of that and follow the progress come to Instagram and go on at Natasha C. Collins, that's my account. I'm updating everything over there. So if you wanna follow that, I'm taking loads of pictures. I've kind of fallen in love with Instagram recently. It's uh, the place that I like to be and just post whatever I'm feeling or whatever I'm fancying. That is my hangout. So if you haven't started following me, I really wanna make sure that you do because it's certainly uh, the best place to see all of my personal things that are going on as well as all of the professional side of things so that's what I've been working on it hasn't really been a Christmas break but certainly I've not really been on a computer at all I've really enjoyed that just putting that away and being creative and creating a really nice space to call home and eventually when we move on and we let this out it's still going to be beautiful so really been enjoying that yes We've had a few strange moments. Currently, one of the toilets is blocked. I can't seem to figure it out. I mean, I tried everything. Next stop is probably gonna be a plumber. Um, usually, I'm pretty good at unblocking things, and this is just completely, completely thrown me. We've had a few electrical problems where a lot of the fuses have blown, and we've had to get new breakers in the really old um, electrical cupboard. So those are the sorts of things that have held us up. But apart from that, we've moved forward pretty rapidly. We moved in here New Year's Eve. Um, and so now that we're here, we're spending more time doing things up, which has been so good. Okay, let me get on to today's podcast. My property predictions 2021. I know, probably jumping on a little bit of a bandwagon. I see other people doing this too, but the common takes that they seem to be making is people are gonna be laid off, don't expect to get your rent, you're gonna to have to go through a lengthy eviction period when we can get through that, um, and at the moment we're still serving six months notice on our section 21s, blah, 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 we know that. The best way to keep your tenants paying rent is always getting in contact with them and asking how can I help Look, it might not work every time, but some of the time, or actually quite a lot of the time in my experience, once you get a conversation started with those tenants, they are going to start working with you to pay. Even if you don't get 100%, what, 70%, 60%, it's better than nothing if you've got mortgages to pay, right? Think about it. What is your best worst case scenario? And in that situation, go for that. So let me go through my property prediction. So what have I seen in the market? What do I think is going to change? Well, the first thing, I don't know if you saw it, 22nd of December, Wales put their stamp duty up for um, second time homeowners and investors. I think that if that's successful, which, I mean, they didn't really give any anybody much choice in the matter. I think Rishi Sunak, in England is gonna look and do the same. So do watch out for that. There is a very big potential for um, stamp duty to go up. So it's not good, I don't think, but it's a really easy way for them to claw back some of the money that they're trying to recoup from, you know, all of this money that they spent in 2020 trying to prop up the economy. 
But then on the flip side, I think that they are going to continue with stamp duty relief for first time buyers and single homeowners. That seems like a really easy win, especially because I think, and this is me thinking that there would probably have to be another general election next year, right? I wouldn't say that Boris Johnson is the best negotiator. And look, I don't care what party you work for. We need someone competent running the country. And this guy has no freaking idea what he seems to be doing. We're going to get out of Brexit and they're going to do what we say. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you're celebrating on Christmas Eve that you've managed to negotiate on some fish. Well done, you. What about the rest of it? So I think that probably at some point we will be heading towards another general election. We probably should be. The Conservative government got us out of um, the EU, rightly or wrongly. Some people love it. Some people hate it. We've left. We've left. But I think now that that referendum's done, I think it's time to have another general election and take a feel for what's going on in the country. So potentially that could happen, probably not until the end of the year. Now, I've already said, I think stamp duty land tax will go up for second homeowners and investors and stay zero for um, first time buyers and single homeowners. The result of this, I think, will mean that house prices will stabilise. What they went up on average by plus 2% in 2020. Well, I don't think we're going to see much in the way of humongous growth. I just don't think people have the money to be um, overpaying on properties, even though we are seeing sellers put things on the market at these huge, huge, huge prices. I just don't think they're able to get it. It's quite a frothy market and yeah, okay, put it on at a high price. Is anybody gonna pay that? Pay that? Mm, probably not. I think that what we will see is lenders saying, hell effing no. We are not inflating the market just because you don't have to pay stamp duty, first time buyers and single homeowners. We're not going to allow you to push the market up. Number one, because right now, have you seen the state of the economy? Mm -hmm. If you've seen it, you know that everything is a little bit precarious right now. So I think that mortgage lenders, I mean, they're already really tight, tightening the belt on lending to first-time buyers and homeowners. They are. They're looking at, you know, the stability of your income coming in. And I think what we will probably see is lenders doing even more due diligence on the company that you work for if you're buying your own home. Because they want to know that the company that you work for is going to keep employing you and not fold and then you not be able to pay your mortgage. Why would they? That's hugely risky. So you'll probably see an increase in lenders asking for Dun & Bradshaw reports on your business, the business that you work for. Now that's just a hunch, but I think that there is going to be a lot more due diligence. And hey, if they think that the business you work for is in any way, any way, a little bit risky, they're gonna say, hmm, come back to us in a couple of months time or don't come back to us at all. So that also being said, whilst that home ownership kind of bubble, 
think that they've got more money to set, spend, I don't think that the lenders are going to allow that whatsoever and they are going to ask homeowners to jump through more and more and more hoops. The stress test for income versus lending ratio probably go down. I think they're just going to try and protect their money because after all, if they are still lending at these really cheap interest rates, then they're going to have to do something to secure, uh, to risk assess when they're looking to lend. That also turns me on to buy to let investors. Also, I think that lenders are going to do even more due diligence. We are seeing the rise of lenders asking buy to let investors for business plans. And here's a hint, if you haven't got a business plan yet, I make all of my members in the members club put together business plans. We've been doing this for months. It's called my cash flow strategy. Once you've got that cash flow strategy, it shows that you know, you know what's going on, you know where your property portfolio is, and you've made sure that you've got enough cash in the bank and you can keep investing. I think lenders are going to be asking for that. Lenders already asking you to jump through hoop after hoop, hoop after hoop after hoop. So I think it's only just going to get more and more and more stringent from there. Now, with lending getting tougher, you are going to have to make sure that your deal stacks up even more. And it's going to be harder to get those deals, right? Let me put that out there. Those who have success in 2021 are those that are going to be, to be buckling down and also taking more risks than they have been before. Because the market, as I've already said, I'm using this term frothy, frothy is it just feels a bit all over the place and it is your job as a property investor is seriously going to have to be taking punts on properties and thinking okay well over the long term this will do me really really well at the moment is it what i want to be investing in does it have those big returns maybe not but can i get it as a moving asset do you remember I've talked to you a lot about moving assets. I believe in buying moving assets. You buy something, but it has the, the ability to go up through the whole period, not just this buy, rent, refurbish crap. We're not talking about one doing it up. Sorry, everybody, I know that that's strategy of choice at the moment, but we, we have to be looking a bit further afield than six months, okay? Let's, let's just know that. Property investors, as a property investor, you're gonna be in this for longer than six months. So. You know, let's be aiming for more growth over a longer period than six months, okay? That's a side note. And I'm gonna be asking you to do that this year. Don't just be looking at the money that you can make in the first six months, because it's okay if you don't buy something that you're gonna add 20, 30, 40, 50 grand to in year one. Woo, let me say that again. It's okay if you're not buying something that you can add a shed load of money to in year one. The reason being is you're going to have to hedge your bets and look to the future. No, we don't have crystal balls. I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not sat here like Mystic Meg going, I know what's going to happen in the future. Go out buy your lottery tickets. I'm not doing that. I am making common sense uh, predictions based upon what I've seen in the market. And what I'm saying to you is you have to be resilient. You have to be looking longer term than just 2021. And you have to be investing for that. So yes, that may be that you're accepting lower yields this year. Okay, 
but can you grow that over the next five to 10 years? If the answer is yes, that might be a pretty good investment. If the answer is no, I'd sack it off and go on to the next one. <laughs> All right, like that's, that's how I'd be thinking about it. Now, also just remember that Brexit will have an impact on the cost of goods, probably in the short term, probably not so much in the long term, but that will lead also to banks having to do stricter checks on income. So as well as that, they're you know when they ask you to declare everything down to the last penny of what your expenses are, they're probably going to be putting a little bit extra on that, taking into account the fact that goods may be more expensive because of Brexit. So that will squeeze the mortgage market even more. One of the things I thought about was that because of this, because of that, you know, squeezing of your income, I think we're also going to see rents drop slightly or at least stabilise, and they will probably stabilise around the monthly rent granted by universal credit. That would be my logical thought process around that because if you think about the fact that the economy is not really in a great place right now, there's going to be a lot of layoffs, so there's going to be a lot more people turning to universal credit. With that in mind, that would make me think that that's probably where rent caps are going to be. And so why not such stress testing your whole property purchase based upon universal credit rent caps? Why not? Have a look at it, what it would be in your area um, and do your research on that and see whether your investment still works. Be an interesting uh, thought process, wouldn't it? Because then you would know you know, this really is worst case scenario, what I'm going to get for this property. Or maybe in some areas it might be better than what worst case scenario is. And I think we're going to start seeing that in terms of rents. So I don't necessarily know that rents are going to improve either over the next 12 months. So we need to be aware of that. We need to be really, really, really aware of that as well. Now, One of the things that I would like to see this year, this isn't really a prediction, this is more a Natasha Collins would love to see this government, so please, Ministry for Housing, if you're listening, put this out. I would like the government's leasehold reform proposals to drop. Please, come on. Have you seen the chaos in the press? The leasehold scandal is everywhere. Government, you already consulted on it. We've all seen that lengthy paper. There really wasn't many tweaks to do. The Law Society and the RACS are working on it. I was even in the meeting where they proposed it to you. So, all of that being said, let's drop it this year. We are obviously going to see no ground rents for new builds. The reason being... Um, because in April 2021, any property with a help to buy scheme cannot have ground rents. And we're just going to see that um, as a precedent set, which would probably be really good for you leaseholders out there. Or if you buy leasehold like I do, and that's a really good thing that's coming. And I would also like to see from the leasehold reform a clear valuation for enfranchisement. And I have seen that drafted. 
I have actually seen calculations. So please, please, can we bring this out? It is really, really, really necessary. Now on the flip side, I do think that service accommodation will boom when people can travel again. And I think based upon that, we'll see a more competitive mortgage market for this investment class. And I think that's only a good thing. Hopefully interest rates come down a little bit. And also the government with all of its change of use, permitted development rights, I think they're gonna have to cave on this as well. I know, hoteliers won't be that happy about it. And probably local councils who are trying to help first-time buyers or the government that are trying to help first-time buyers um <laughs> they'll, they'll probably be forced into um you know making a decision about quantity so how many properties can be given the right for service accommodation but i think we'll see some changes um around that mainly because tourism is such an income generator for so many towns and cities around the UK and so one of the ways in which you get people back into the high streets and back shopping again is to open up tourism and how do you do that by making sure that tourists have beds and who provides the best beds usually the small time service accommodation providers because they care so logically speaking I think and this is not going to be you know, real big news wire of these stuff. This is, you're gonna have to be reading deep because the government are not gonna be wanting to put it out if they do do this, that they're, um, they're going to be asking people to really help the service accommodation because remember, they wanna help first time buyers, but at the same time, they need to kickstart high streets because that is a shit show waiting to happen. So I think service accommodation, once people got vac vaccinated and travel open, probably not until um, the second half of 2021, but I think once that starts happening, there's so many people with an appetite to travel that I think they'll definitely see some um, big gains there. So now's the time to start prepping your service accommodation, ready for July time. And watching the market and watching for openings, especially if you can um, start testing the water and listing your property, I wouldn't be seen to be advertising for times when, you know, it's still not safe to travel. If you're in tier four and you're advertising service accommodation for holidays, something wrong with you. But do make sure that you are listing for later on in the summer when hopefully all the tiers drop, people have vaccines and they can travel again. So that is my residential predictions. Let's move on to commercial. So firstly, restaurateurs will be struggling because of the cost of goods. And I think we're gonna see an increase in turnover rents. Do I think that turnover rents are the best solution? Mm, I think turnover rents are tricky, mainly because restaurateurs can take cash. And if they take cash, they might not declare it, in which case you might not be getting as a uh, higher turnover rent as you would if uh, a restaurant is, you know, a little bit more transparent with everything and the only reason they'd be forced to do that is if the cost of food goes up so that's why turnover rents may or may not be good but with turnover rents you can set a baseline rent and then have um, a profit share on top of that so that might be something that you want to do next up rent memorial uh, rent moratorium is still in place until the 31st of march <sighs> So tenant, commercial tenants still don't have to pay rent. 
here's what I think is going to happen. Tenants who are in arrears will find that they have their leases forfeited. It's a tactic, isn't it, landlords? If you have a commercial tenant and they have failed to talk to you, failed to talk to you throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, and I'm saying this to you big tenants who have just been sending letters that say, hey, we're only paying 10% of the rent for this quarter, and then no address, nobody picks up the phone. You guys who failed to even interact I think that landlords are probably going to be forfeiting your leases come the 1st of April. I would. I really would. And the reason being is because if you forfeit the lease, the tenant will go for a has to go for a relief from forfeiture if they want to get back in. And the only way they get back in is if they pay up all their arrears. That is going to be the tactic, I think, because how else are landlords going to get all this money back? I just don't know. And especially because they've been so messed around. Yeah, some of the big landlords may be able to cope with this, but smaller landlords probably won't. The other thing is the government have asked for the um, mediation service to be used. Does anybody know how that works? Do I know how that works? No. And apparently the RACS are facilitating. Gonna have to do some research, I am, in January. Um, but I've not seen anything come out about it. Now, there may be some of you who are shouting at this, Natasha, we've seen this, we've seen that. Okay, brilliant. Would you know how to use the mediation service? I don't know. So this is why I think that a lot of landlords probably haven't even heard of it. And so we'll just go and think, look, we've had no rent for the last however long. Let's get these tenants out, enact our rate-free period and you know, we'll relet it once we've got, we've made sure that these tenants are out. And especially if they're in, on the inside the at leases, why wouldn't you? Because you wouldn't want to pay compensation at the end for a tenant who's really messed you around during one of the worst times in the history. So, me, I don't know. Obviously, if that's something that you are thinking about, you do also have to get your solicitor involved in this. You can't just decide 5 a.m., all right, I'm going in. Bring me with the bailiffs. I mean, you could technically, but you do need to post the appropriate notices on the outside of the door. Your solicitor has to write that. So do make sure that if that's something that you're considering, um, speak to your solicitor. In the members club, members, we can speak about that because I can advise on that kind of thing. Um, so more than happy to advise on that. But of course, you know, take it on a circumstantial basis. But if the tenant really isn't, talking to you then what more can you do the other thing is is that obviously we've seen the consultation for permitted development rights you know where the class e can be easily changed to class c3 so that's commercial to residential landlords are going to want to get these tenants out so they can change to residential because it'd be easier to let so i really think that not having a system in place to be able to recover these arrears apart from forfeiting the lease or do this crazy mediation thing, which I don't know will get anywhere, it's going to destroy the high street and commercial areas. Really do. I think the end of this year, it's going to be chaotic for commercial to say the least. Eesh. It actually worries me a bit because I love commercial, but I don't know how it can keep going in the way that it's going to go. We are going to see different lease terms. We're going to see open user cl clauses in um, 
leases just so that tenants can do what they like. I think the only thing that we are going to see more of is security by the way of deposits because I don't think guarantors mean a thing anymore. So I think that's how we're going to, um, we're going to see things change. But the one thing about those permitted development rights is the fact that that means that commercial property will still hold its value. Because if you can do that change of use, there's a value there even if your tenant leaves, which I think will mean that mortgage lending gets easier. Now, of course, mortgage lenders will require huge checks and string, you know, they're quite stringent on these things, but I think that they'll be a bit more lenient if, you know, that really does get the green light in that you can get that change of use because they'll say, okay, well, you know, there's so many different ways in which you can use this property, go for it. But then I also think that we're going to have to see mortgages being a bit more flexible with that change of use from commercial to residential. So we'll definitely see a little bit more changes in the mortgage market to be flexible as long as there's an income coming in and it covers the mortgage I think mortgage lenders will be fine with that and they will just ask you to update them every single time you change. Um, the other thing is business rates are going to be re-rated apparently 2021. How? I don't know. <laughs> Again it seems kind of crazy that when the commercial rental market is at a low they've decided that now is the time that they want to re-rate. I would actually really think that they're going to postpone it but they do decide to go ahead. It'd be interesting to see how they're going to uh, value the rent because rents have dropped across the board for commercial and so Lower rents means lower rateable value, which means that councils are bringing in less in business rates, which means that there's less to invest in the local area. I'm not sure that that's a good idea, which is, again, strange decision, but I'm intrigued to see how they will value these rents, especially with this change of use. What value are we putting on E-Class? I really, I'm... I am looking out for what that is going to be. So I'm doing a lot of research on that as well. How do we value property that used to be say A1 but is now E? Are all E uses, I assume they're all valued on one rent, but previously A1, A2, A3, B1, B2, D1 all had different values. Are we now saying that they all have the same value? In which case, is that the end of zoning for retail? Or does every property get zoned? Interesting. Again, I actually am not predicting on that. I don't know. I really don't know. But I wish I did. Uh, as soon as I find out, I'm coming back to you. So that'd be interesting. New way in which we value commercial rents. That is something that will have to happen in 2021. Watch this space. Then we've got this Robert Jenrick's £830 million future high street fund. It's not a lot, £830 million. Really not a lot, but he is hoping that he can stop the fall of the high street with that amount of money by putting transport improvements in and making areas great. Good luck, mate. Is all I can say it's going to need a lot more. For example, 
your strange permitted development rights. Why would you, if you're not trying to revitalize the high street, why would you allow that to change to residential? Because it's going to be catastrophic, the continue, um, continuity on high streets. Are you, I'm gonna say this to you, I've posed you this question. Would you go to a high street that was three doors residential, one commercial unit, five doors residential, another commercial unit, and it's just a haphazard mess? Would you bother parking up and going there? No, it's not convenient. Why would you? You end up going to some out of town retail area or you just shop online. In which case, well done government, you've destroyed the high street, which apparently you don't want to do based upon this 830 million pounds. Unless the 830 million pounds is to just speed up the demolition of the high street, cut it out altogether, let's just do solely residential. I hope that's not the case, but that's what it seems to be that that's where it's going. But commercial, we do work on five-year cycles. So really 2020 was the start of another five-year cycle. So maybe by 2025, we'll start seeing things change again. So those are my predictions of where I think the market is going. How would I proceed with 2021? This is actual things that you could do. Well, the first thing, you need to do right now, right at this time of year, is evaluate your current property portfolio. What is your best performing asset? And that's for you to decide. And then, where do you do, what do you enjoy? Where do you enjoy investing? What do you enjoy the most? You're going to need to double down here. Whatever the answers to those questions are, that's what you're going to double down on. And if you listen to this podcast and you're saying, hey, Natasha, I've not started building a property portfolio yet, that's where you're going to need to network and just start asking other investors what has worked really well for them and, you know, what do they enjoy doing the most? Now, you're not the same as somebody else, but getting a little bit of an idea will spark something in you. And you've got to know that gut feeling when you're like, yes, that's what I care about. That's what I'm passionate about, right? And from there, you double down on that. You focus on that and move forward. Now, you're going to have to find an area, pick a property type and go in on that. Just become the expert because as I said earlier on, it's going to be really tough to find these fabulous deals. So I need you to become a specialist in one area in a certain type of property just for this year, just whilst the market is still in chaos, because that is the way that you're going to be able to spot the deals, or you're going to be able to spot the things that you're going to be able to make long work long term. Now, whilst property deals are going to be coming few and far between, you're also going to have to focus more on finance. As I said, it is getting tougher and tougher to find finance right now. So you wanna be building connections, showcasing what you know in an authentic way, and also being really honest on, you know, what you don't know. Honesty is key here. No, it's a slow build. So what I want you to do is just be okay within quarter one and just testing the market. See, you know, what's going on. Build those connections, build your network, 
See if you can find deals, but don't put pressure on yourself, have fun with it. It can be incredibly frustrating when deals don't come up. And hey, I'm also talking residential and commercial. Now with commercial, your area can be a bit wider. I'm not asking you to stay in one area. With residential, I am, because otherwise you get this, um, you know, focus on the sparkly things. No, nope, focus on one area, one property type with residential. With commercial or mixed use, focus on a couple of areas that you enjoy because you're gonna have to be that expert. But then quarter one, know it's going to be slow, know you're going to have to be resilient, know you're gonna to have to be consistent with what you're doing, so the search process, and also putting yourself out there and speaking to other people, networking, connecting. Yeah, I hate the term networking, but that's it's just as simple as, you know, you see someone that's inspiring on social media or see someone you want to connect with, get in contact with them and ask for a conversation. You know, have a chat. Those sort of things are really, really gonna be important in quarter one. And you might think, well, I had a conversation that didn't go anywhere. How do you know that that didn't go anywhere? Right? You don't know. Just keep trying. Sometimes building things is slow and sometimes things may happen really, really quickly, but you don't know if you don't try. So feelers out in the areas that you want to be investing in. Talking to agents, keeping your eye to the ground of when things become available. Seeing what other people are speaking about, being on social media, not all the time. I mean, imagine if you just did this 15, 20 minutes a day. This, the things that you could achieve are just incredible. And then start looking for places to connect with other investors, people in the industry, just making those strong contacts. That will put you in really, really good stead. And remember, we're investing in moving assets. So these are things that you can build on over five and 10 years. If you work on that, 2021 is going to be hugely successful for you because by the middle of the year, you then should have a pipeline of deals that you're working on. Quarter one is always about putting things in motion. Quarter two is about building on that. Quarter three is like, yes, it's really working. And by quarter four, you've got everything under control, okay? So hopefully this has been very useful for you. This is my take. Obviously, I don't know what's about to happen in 2021. If you look back to my 2020 predictions, I had no idea. But this is my take based upon what we've already started seeing. So bear it in mind as you move forward this year. You can achieve whatever you put your mind to. Again, consistency is what matters here. If you're consistent, everything will start falling into place. All right. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. I will catch up with you next week. Don't forget to rate and review so that other people can get access to the awesome resources that I put out here. Thank you for joining me this week. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.